HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast. I'm Alexis Santos. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I'm so, so excited to be joined by Anthony Langston, aka Lanky. Lanky is a skilled home cook, bartender, and culinary director of a cheese shop, but most recently, he was a contestant on Hulu's brand new culinary competition show called Secret Chef. With his unique culinary skills, artistic plating, and unwavering determination, Lanky is ready to make his mark in the culinary world and show that he is more than just a home cook. Thank you so much for being here, Lanky. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me, Alexa. I'm very excited to speak with you. Oh, likewise. Well, and for those who don't know, I also was on this culinary competition show, so we've got a little nepotism of the uh, <laughs> Secret Chef family happening here on this show. But I personally got to meet Lanky in person. We filmed this um, in the summer of 2022. We spent three weeks together in Atlanta, Georgia, filming this show, and all the contestants from the show were from all different walks of life, people that I probably never in a million years would have run into in my normal day-to-day world. So it was my personal favorite thing of being about the, being on the show was meeting these folks. So Lanky is definitely top-tier human being in addition to being a very, very talented home cook. So I want to know more about your story, though, about how you got so involved and in love with cooking. So take me back to the very, very beginning. Like what were some of your first food memories? What did you kind of grow up eating? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, first food memories, definitely going to be my mom in the kitchen, uh, cooking kind of the same old, same old, like classic, just American style food that you see in all the old uh, recipe books, uh, Reader's Digest. I remember having Reader's Digest around the house a lot, those little kind of pocket books with the little recipes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was uh, it was kind of formulaic. Uh, almost felt like you left school and you had like the whole week of meals. Like every Monday was the same thing, every Tuesday, same, same old, same old. It kind of felt like that once I got home as well. 
Uh, so as I got older, I really tried to branch out from that formula and was like, I need to start making some, some things myself and, you know, have fun with food because right now, you know, dinner wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. So what did you kind of start with? What was kind of that journey for you? Because I know you're a home cook and so obviously didn't go to culinary school. So it's a very, I'm a home cook myself as well. And also for those who haven't watched the show yet, the whole point of the show was that we weren't supposed to know really anything about each other's culinary background. So this conversation I'm having with Linky right now is probably the most myself or anyone from the show has yet to learn about his culinary background because we were supposed to keep that all a secret, hence the name of the show. So I'm like getting down to the nitty gritty of like <laughs> of what made you you with your culinary style. So what did you start with cooking? Like what was kind of this culinary journey for you? Yeah. So it started when I was probably like 23, 22 or 23 years old. Uh, I had moved into my folks' house for the summer. I was taking summer school uh, college classes, and uh, the campus was really close to their home. And I just remember having this long break uh, in between like morning classes and night classes. And I was just watching a lot of Food Network. So <laughs> I was just watching all this amazing food being cooked by all these awesome TV personalities. And the first one I remember just like grabbing hold of was Tyler Florence. His oh, old, that's a good one. Yeah, his old Tyler's Ultimate was the name oh, of the show. TBT. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, throwback for sure. Um, and I remember him doing this meatloaf recipe. It's like all the family-friendly stuff. And I was like, well, my mom makes meatloaf all the time. Like, why don't I surprise her and make meatloaf for mom and dad? Oh. So, I, so I saw his recipe. I wrote it all down. And went to the store down the road, got all this stuff, came back and cooked. So when my folks got home from work, like the whole house smelled so good. Like, and I didn't realize that until they walked in. They're like, Yeah, because you're used to it. You're standing right over I'm it. I'm standing right <laughs> over it. Yeah, I had no clue until like they get fresh air and, and like they walk in, like, what smells so good? Like, I'm cooking dinner. And they're like, What? Why? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, Because I, I wanted to, I wanted to try something new. And I just remember it being like really good, like bacon wrapped. I made like a red pepper and tomato sauce for it, like instead of just your normal ketchup. Oh, uh, homemade mashed potatoes. Like I did, you know, I did his recipe. I didn't. I didn't oh, stray what's from his it. Recipe. Okay, so I was like, how did you think of doing that? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. So this is yeah, this is the Tyler, the Tyler recipe. Okay. Um. So yeah, I wasn't wasn't thinking outside the box yet. I was just trying to you know figure out how to cook and how to follow directions. Um, and it, it turned out great. My folks loved it. Um, I, I think my mom, you know, was kind of, I don't know, a little like, Oh, don't cook. Like that's, that's my gig. And it's like, no, but mm -hmm. you've been at work all day. Like, let me, let me do it. And I, I don't, I didn't think she wanted to hand over the reins. Uh, so she felt, <laughs> she felt like I, maybe I shouldn't be in there, but I was like, it's yeah, she okay. felt attacked. She was like, are you trying to say something about uh, me? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And you know, uh, the more I got to cook like some other recipes, like I used one of his pot roast recipes. Uh, I did a bolognese recipe and like my dad was like, had to secretly tell me like to the side, Hey, that was really amazing. It's like, I know your mom won't say it just yet, but we're enjoying the food. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. Oh. So I was like, that's really nice. Thanks, Dad. That is so sweet. Well, not to hit you with a weird flex, but I've had the chance to meet Tyler Florence a few times, and he is really, really nice. And his 
chicken, his like fried chicken recipe. I don't even know if it's fried or roasted. I, I don't know, but I've tr- it's the best I've ever had. So I don't know if you if you ever get the chance to go to his restaurants in San Francisco. Like I haven't been to the restaurants, but I've tried his chicken at like big food events. And like he, I would say it's definitely one of my favorite early old school chefs from back in the day. And it just like really stands up so well. I know a lot of those, like, I'm sure you also watched, you know, Rachel Ray and Emerald Lagasse and, you know, not to say that there's anything wrong with any of them or their recipes, but, you know, I grew up in the, you know, nineties, early two thousands. Like a lot of those recipes kind of got a little outdated, but like T-Flow goes so hard still, like (laughs) all this stuff is so good. So like that's, you picked the right one to like, really emulate i would say i yeah i feel like it did do a good job you know with like other celebrity chefs getting canceled and like turning out their bad people and t-flow which i love i've never heard it being called t-flow i just kind of came up with that on the other one i I really love it oh t-flow oh you know t-flow yeah we go way back (laughs) yeah that's a good Um, one like he, yeah, he's just like he seemed like a good family dude making good family meals, and like I, I'm looking at my, uh, my bookshelf, and I can still see a couple of his books hanging out over there. Well, look at that. And so, were you? Oh. You grew up in Texas as well, correct? Yes, yeah, I grew up okay. in a, a small town called the Colony, Texas, which is uh, just north of Dallas by about 20, 30 minutes. Sure. So the style of food that you're describing, kind of learning through this, like, I don't know, emulation and, you know, TV journey of watching Tyler Florence and trying his recipes, were you also kind of gravitating towards like Tex-Mex or like what was kind of the style of cuisine that you kind of started leaning towards and becoming an expert in the more and more you got to do this? Yeah. So besides just like the classic American stuff, uh, my mom's side of the family is uh, Spanish, Mexican. So I always grew up with with a lot of Tex-Mex around also. And, you know, throw a rock and you're going to hit a Tex-Mex joint or a taco joint, um, which is just quite lovely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do love that about Texas. Yeah. Uh, So I definitely grew up with that. And the more I got into like some more recipes, the more I tried to to put my own spin on it because I love Tex-Mex so much and grilling and barbecuing. So it's trying to get all those big, bold, roasted, toasted flavors and like all the peppers and Mm -hmm. all that good stuff, like into more like American style dishes. And now even further into like some classic French dishes as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm no expert in the sense that I didn't go to culinary school and I, you know, obviously I know what good food tastes like, but I'm not, you know, Anthony Bourdain reincarnated, but in my humble opinion, you know, for those who haven't seen the show, Lanky is one of the home cooks. I'm one of the home cooks, but the other contestants, um, a lot of them were professionals in the sense that they had worked at restaurants. Some of them have worked at Michelin starred restaurants, but I personally was like so blown away with your talent. And it seems like from what you're describing in this story, you had a bit of a knack for it. I mean, what you're describing as just kind of like randomly trying some recipes and then like your family raving about it and like the way that you were so inspired by it seems like you really had a an edge in the sense that that's it do you feel like that's kind of what you were meant to do was work in food is what i'm trying to get at because it seems like you're such a natural with it yeah uh it it did kind of come i guess fairly quickly it's something I really just grabbed a hold of. Like I couldn't put cookbooks down. Like just before this, I'm just on you know YouTube, just watching some really cool new techniques and like uh, you know gastroastronomy and stuff like that. Just so it's always like in 
you know, like the ether, it's always floating around in my brain. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was about, what about it. Um, I just really got hooked on it and I just can't, I can't put cookbooks down. I, I just, I keep learning and, uh, and I keep, you know, love to learn about cooking and everything there is about food. Oh, well, I mean, I feel like there's a million and one worse things there are to be like hooked on and like really like obsessed with than like bettering yeah. <laughs> your culinary skills, you know, like that's a very, it seems like you kind of honed in on the right thing. And so now, as I speak to you today, you being a bartender and culinary director and recent contestant on a culinary competition show, what did you always know you were going to go into food or what was kind of that journey of like turning that into your career? Yeah, I never, I never really thought of it like going into food too much. Um, being a bartender for like the last 15, 16 years, uh, it's always been pretty much the most fun job I've ever had. It's just, it's fun. I get to chat with people and, you know, talk about the town and all the local stuff, um, you know, with strangers. Um, I've got the gift of gab, I guess I would you say. Sure do. <laughs> um, so it's, it's always been something like, you know, uh, maybe opening up a bar with like a very small menu uh, and then doing stuff like that. And then the more I got into food, I was like, you know what? I've got some really cool ideas for some restaurants. But then seeing restaurants being built and opened and all the stress hard work, loss of sleep, loss of family life. I was just like, I don't know if I really want to do that. But yeah. food is definitely in the future. I just, I'm not sure just quite how yet, if it's, whether it's um, social media stuff, uh, taking, taking my you know, cultural point of view, um, my knowledge of bars and food and taking that on the road to go talk to other bartenders and, and restaurants. That's, that's really the goal, the end goal there. Is to yeah. uh, just uh, just to keep learning and going around this goofy little planet, right? And I think that you know, obviously, I so much has changed in the food, you know, media world. Whether that be, you know, just online on TV, even how everybody interacts as just like owning a restaurant or operating a restaurant in the past you know, several years with social media playing such a huge part of that landscape. And I've been hosting this podcast for a couple years now. And, you know, so I've interviewed not to be like, oh, like tooting my own horn, but I've interviewed dozens and dozens of people from different walks of life in the culinary space. And no one person, like there's no journeys that are at all the same. And everybody I talk to, you know, we've all kind of found each other through this world of being involved in food media, whether that be social media, having a restaurant that, you know, is posting on whatever it may be. And I think that that's not such a bad thing that your path is so fluid because you think about back in the day, watching those chefs that you and I were so inspired by, like the Mario Batali's and the old iron chefs and the Bobby Flays and Emeril Lagasse's. And it seemed to be a very linear path. And it's so, so different now. And there's just so many different ways to go about it. It's almost like a paralysis of options, so to speak, or there's just so many different things you can do, but how do I do it? And where do I put it? Where do I put the most effort? And I know, uh, personally, it can be very overwhelming. But I think it's kind of cool that your journey is so like, fluid and nonlinear. And it's just kind of you driven by your passion and talent in the space. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a certain 
ending that you're shooting for. It's just kind of like doing what you love and like continuing to learn and grow. And I think that that's super cool because I kind of feel the same way. And obviously that's a little, if you're someone who really wanted to be running a restaurant one day, it's kind of hard to take yourself out of that mindset of that, like, straight and narrow path but i think you and i both are kind of like people who just (laughs) absolutely go with it and like do what makes you happy in any given moment so but with that being said do you have like near-term goals that you're like shooting for you know you want to stay working in cheese and liquor do you want to you know is there (laughs) anything like near-term or tangible that you can point to like really wanting to do soon um no, I just I feel like just I'm just kind of like riding the wave of this show right now. Yeah. And and just kind of I don't know, just trying to get my wits about me cuz it's a lot all at once. For sure. Um so, you know, just trying to I don't know, just try to stay grounded, have the game plan because I have multiple different ideas um uh for uh I got a, you know, an idea for a cookbook. Uh I've got a couple different things for social media I want to do involving golf and food, which, which I kind of started already, That's but it's amazing. just, it's just too damn hot in Texas to do any of that right now. It's too hot everywhere. If we're it's being too hot honest everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, going to different golf courses, uh, showing off all the beautiful nature and the clubhouse and what they're specializing in for food, whether it be just like a cheap local sandwich or, or a hot dog, or if they have like a really badass chef in there, like whipping up some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, those are my two big passions are golf and food. So to combine those would be amazing. I feel like there's not a lot of that. I mean, I'm like also personally like very removed from my algorithms feeding me anything golf related because they know better or really anything sports yeah. related at all. But from what I have seen, I have not seen a lot of emphasis or highlighting of like the cuisines you would get at any given golf course. And I'm sure there's a millions of people golfing all over the country and the world that would be interested in that. So that's actually a really good idea. Thank you. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of niche, but um, I think it's that's fun. Better. I mean, yeah, the game, the game of golf has grown so much since COVID uh, because you could still be outside do it during during lockdown we could still go out and play um you just you know couldn't go inside places just walk and just be out in nature and it was so much fun so you know to combine the two uh my two favorite things would be awesome yeah that's a a good idea i love that thanks i i think it's okay too (laughs) i'm glad you got my seal of approval now go off like that's that's what you were waiting for that's a good one i love it your seal of approval means a lot oh good well i'm glad to hear All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. 
You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Well, I will give away some spoilers now for anybody who hasn't seen Secret Chef yet. And you don't want spoilers, don't listen. But for anybody who's ready for a spoiler, I will tell you that Lanky is the winner of the show. So congrats, (laughs) Lanky. I had never, like, I don't think, I mean, they showed my face when they announced you as the winner on the show. I have never, and like, afterwards, I've told people, I have never been so, like, shocked. Not to say that, like, I didn't know you were amazing, but I didn't know anything about you. And, like, I just, to see that happen in real life, like, it was just so crazy to me. It was such an insane experience to just, like, watch your reaction. Like, you, I remember you just, like, kind of dropped to the floor and you, like, put your head in your hands. And I was like, this just happened. This is so crazy. <laughs> like, I've never, you know, you see these culinary shows or even any competition show and you're like, oh, ho, ho, that's cool. They won. Great. But, like, to be standing, I was like, I think I was standing the closest to you of the other contestants. And I just was like, oh, my God, I'd never seen anything so insane in my whole life. Just, like, how that all played out. And so how did that feel for you? Because I had almost nothing to do with it. And I, like, will remember that moment for the rest of my life. So I can't imagine how it felt for you. So do tell. Yeah. Oh, man. You described it so well. Like, all the emotions just came rushing back all over again like i'm getting choked up and my palms are sweaty oh um and yeah so uh yeah i don't remember seeing any of y'all's faces um when i went back and watched the show yeah i remember seeing like it had uh your face and cindy's face like turn yeah and just jaw dropped um and i thought that was really cool because all i can remember um was hearing the dishes being mm-hmm. called out and please step forward. And I stepped out and said, congratulations, you're the winner. And all I could think of was, is this real? Like I remember just dropping to my knees and kind of like taking a deep breath. So I wouldn't pass out and literally tearing up a bit. Um, Cause man, like I was so exhausted, like physically and mentally, like I was, just so happy to to well to have won, you know, and all the hard work and dedication and getting through all those mind games. It was a lot. It was, it was I mean so much. It was so much. And like I, you know, if you haven't watched it, again, spoiler, like I went out pretty early. And even by the time that I went out, I was like, oh God, like I'm over this. Like, thank God. Like I don't <laughs> I don't want to be doing this anymore. Like it's not fun, like to be so stressed and so like just like i'm i guess i realize in this moment that i'm not the type of person that can like handle that insane amount of pressure like you see these shows and you see these chefs that kind of like get that either like blow it or they succumb to the pressure or they have a mental breakdown or whatever and you try to imagine like how is that happening to them it's not that big of a deal but like i don't think i've ever felt so like physically ill with stress and anxiety than being on that show and like waiting to compete you're kind of like sitting in a holding room of sorts like waiting to go on knowing that like your reputation and a hundred thousand dollars is on the line like it's so much more intense than I could ever in a million years articulate to someone that hasn't experienced it. So the fact that you made it all the way through, I was like, after like when I went out, I was like, Oh God, thank God I'm done. (laughs) That was too much. That was too much. So like, I can only imagine 
what you all were going through like the whole the whole time but i mean just props to you and i think that anybody who watches the show play out you'll kind of quickly pick up on the fact that it is sort of this like oh do you need to be a professionally trained cook to compete in this way it's kind of like this unspoken battle of the home cooks versus the pro cooks and lanky being a home cook and walking away the winner was kind of what shook us all we were like no way like we had no idea that like it was you putting out these like super amazing like refined like just highly well executed dishes but we were talking about your culinary journey earlier and that's been my biggest question mark about you this whole year that I've known you is because yeah I can cook at home I make dinner for my family you know I make dinner for the internet it's our food for the internet it's no big deal but I in my wildest dreams could not execute like the level that you were doing so fill in that gap for me like was this all just you being like so heavily involved and invested with like bettering your culinary skills and reading and watching tv like how did you take yourself to that next level because I feel like you were always pretty confident with your talent. You, I feel like you knew you were that good, but we didn't. And yeah. like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Like, you know, going into it the whole time, I'm thinking, all right, this is the time. This is this is your time. You're gonna win this, man. Just just stay focused. Like, you know, eliminate big mistakes. Uh, I've watched so many different culinary competitions, you know, going too far outside the box or cooking something you're not comfortable with, like gambling just a little too much can easily send you home. So I was just trying to, you know, to stay true to myself, what I know how to cook, you know, what I know, I think, um, like the plating, you know, everything, you know, I, I like things to look very, very pretty, very tight, you know, fine dining ish, mm-hmm. um, which I think showed quite a few times throughout the competition, but yeah, just, just, I mean, everything from, you know, YouTube, you, everything I've watched yeah. on YouTube to all the books, the magazines, like just everything. I just feel like, you know, I'm a sponge just absorbing everything I can. And like wherever I go, I usually have a little notebook on me so I can write recipes or have ideas like, oh man, like this was really delicious. But what if I twisted it around and did this and made it something completely different, which I love to do. Um, so usually I have like a little little notebook in my back pocket. I call it my butt book because I, <laughs> I keep it right on my butt, you know? Yeah. So that's so it's, it's my butt book. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just, it was just... I don't know. It just took a lot of a lot of focus, um, which was insane. Also, you know, they just told me to to be myself in the kitchen, which was really cool. The only thing I needed was my record player, and my Sinatra albums, and I would have been at home. Oh my god, <laughs> your Sinatra uh, albums just absolutely. the vibes rocking. But absolutely. no, you're like a total case study in. Like I've had this conversation on this podcast with many different like, you know, restaurant cooks or social media cooks who have worked in restaurants, but now only work in social media, just like this disparity between like the old school way of viewing a talented cook being someone that went to culinary school, staged at XYZ restaurants, was on the line at 12 other restaurants and then worked under this Michelin starred chef or whatever. And I feel like since social media and social media cooks became as big as they have in the last, you know, several years, few years, kind of 
turning that whole idea on its head of like, well, there are other ways, you know, whether you didn't go to culinary school and just worked in restaurants or whether you, you know, just cooked for your big family all the time or whatever it may be. There's just so many different paths that kind of all are very different. And I don't think anybody could rightfully like poo poo one or the other because they're all so different and they all kind of lead to different outcomes. But you are the number one case study of anybody I've ever met that is like <laughs> culinary school, schmulinary school, like yeah. <laughs> work on the work on the line screw that. Like you just like really did the damn thing and like became just like, I guess, obsessed with just getting better at this. And you won a competition against professional cooks, Michelin star cooks, like swept me off my feet. I can only speak for myself, but like with the food of yours that I tried, like swept me off my feet. Like it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. And it's just like really cool and eye-opening and like, yeah, I mean, just like obviously congrats for a multitude of different things, but for sure, like just the fact that you've been able to do that and like achieve that level of professionalism with your cooking and your plating and all that to just accomplish this is just a huge thing in and of itself. So I assume you know that, but just wanted you to know that I felt that way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. That's, that means, that means a lot. Um, I wish, I wish I could have heard all that while you guys were eating during the finale. I know. I'm I'm back there just sweating bullets. Like, I hope they like this. I have no idea. Like, Oh my God. No, we were like raving like the, like your appetite, like we were losing our minds. Like I think that, and the way, you know, nothing against how it was edited, but obviously they're going to, we were sitting there for hours. They're not going to show everything we said when they edit it down into a TV episode. But yeah, I mean, that was the deal. We were all just like really blown away by you and like, didn't know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> like no. just didn't know. Um, so it's just really crazy. And I think it's, it's kind of interesting for me, as like I said, I've spoken to many, many people in this industry and yeah, like I said, you're just a very interesting case study in how, this all works. And so do you have any interest in like working in a restaurant at all? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. <laughs> uh, I do love that saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to uh, do probably some pop-ups around the Metroplex. I've got one coming up uh, in town here in Denton, Texas with my friend. She owns a restaurant. We started talking about doing uh, a sake pairing dinner uh, because she's got a whole bunch of sake uh, at a restaurant. So I was like, well, why don't we just do a dinner? And this is way before I even like auditioned for the show. So after it all aired, she was like, do you, do you still want to do the dinner? You don't have to, if you don't want to. And I'm like, of course I want to do it. Like you're my friend. And we've been talking about this for like three years now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so, so we're going to do that. Like sake and soju, Oh, uh, dinner. That. yeah, me too. I absolutely so love fun. it. Yes. Can't wait for that. So I'm actually, that's what I was doing, uh, before your call. I was yeah. uh, putting some, putting some recipes together. Cool. So have you had the opportunity? I mean, this is kind of what I said on the show and what I say when people ask me in interviews or even just in casual conversation, like, what was it like to compete against professional chefs? I always say that like, listen, I can do whatever I want on social media. I can make whatever I want for my friends and family. And like, of course there's a bias and like, yeah, people on social media can see my food, but they can't taste it. Maybe they can make it for themselves. Fine. I've never like served dishes to strangers and I don't care what you want to say. That's a huge difference in like being just a home cook or, and, you know, messing around versus like someone who's does that every day, like consistently needs to make food. That's 
good enough to serve to people who are paying customers or strangers or whatever that may be. And that was kind of my biggest thing where I'm like, I don't care what you say. Like, I've never done that. So this is a brand new experience for me. And that's incredibly scary to go up against people who've done that for a living. But have you had the chance to do that? Like, have you done pop ups before? Or is this a new venture for you where you're like actually serving your food to people who aren't just like your pals and family? Um, A few months back, um, I got to be guest executive chef at a restaurant in Dallas called the Meddlesome Moth. Um, It's a really cool place, uh, downtown Dallas in the Arts District. Um, uh, They're really known for like their big, like awesome beer selection. They've, I don't know, maybe like 40 or 50 beer taps. Um, So they got all kinds of flavored beers. Uh, So they, they let me take over. My buddy, um, Matt was the used to be the bar manager there. So he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, we're in between chefs right now, but our anniversary is coming up. So would you like to be the guest exec and come up with a menu uh, that goes That's with cool. this with this uh, brewery from Austin?" I go, "Absolutely. That sounds like a great time. Coming up with a menu is so much fun. And then you know, you get to the restaurant, you start prepping, and you're looking how big the place is. You're like, I may have bitten off more than I could chew here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'll come up and he'll be like, hey, so we've got 90 tickets sold. Uh, we're, you know, going to keep going and we're going to see how much that gets. I was like, okay, cool. So I've got like five, six courses and 100 people. So that's like five, 600 plates of food. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, you know, just internally freaking out but like around me like just you know just keeping a very stoic face uh you know to make sure everyone around me like their staff knows like hey you know we're good hey don't worry about it guys we're good um so that was that was a lot of fun so i got to do that and uh, all the plates came out uh just just like i wanted them to everything was beautiful it tasted great went very well with the beers um it was yeah it was a lot of fun so like you know the the head brewers get up and talk about his food and i'll walk out there and or he'll talk about his beer sorry and i will talk about the food and everybody i could see i can look around and see my friends and some you know uh people i don't know and like okay cool they look like they're enjoying it Yes. And then not till later after the meal, they come up and shake your hand. Hey, can I buy you a shot? I'm like, absolutely. Yes, yeah, thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Does absolutely. a bear shit in the woods? My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's so cool. And I'm glad you, like, rose to the occasion. I'm sure I would never have any doubt that you would have. And it's really cool and exciting to hear that you, like, plan on continuing to do that. Um, I think that would be a really cool thing for you to do. Not that like, you know, you need my permission, but I think that (laughs) kind of doing more of that, like, you know, pop-ups and working with like, you know, the other contestants from the show who have restaurants and, you know, kind of that stuff is, I think a very, you're very well suited to do really anything in this space. But I think especially like kind of more people trying your food would be like something that I would love to see because yeah, it's kind of like I I personally tried it was blown away. Um, never in a million years would I have like, if you handed me your plates, would I've ever guessed like, Oh yeah. Home cook made this. Like there's just absolutely no way I would have ever guessed that. So I think that like, you know, I, I would love to see you do that and I would love to eat your food more and like whatever city you go to and whatever you do, I, you know, I'm excited to see what comes of this lovely little, culinary gastronomic life of yours that you've built and yeah it's just been a pleasure to know you and just really really genuinely inspired by what you've done with like your whole journey and story and all of that and i hope that whoever's listening um 
feels the same way. It's just like, hey, yeah, I mean, this guy did not have any formal training at all and like wiped the floor with yeah. all of us <laughs> on this cooking competition show. So just like really cool to see, honestly. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I think they could tell probably from the first episode that I don't have proper training when I cut <laughs> myself twice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, there was, it was really funny the way they made that, like, yeah, I don't think they really overemphasized it in any way. Like, this is just genuinely what was happening with, like, Anthony, for example, coming in the kitchen after me being like, oh my God, I can't work with this mess. Like, what is yeah. going on? Just like the dead giveaways of just like those of us who never worked in professional kitchens, just like going off oh, yeah. the walls and like, no one anybody listening has to watch the show to really understand what we're describing right now but no one's around you when you're cooking so no one sees you like it's not like you're getting any feedback or that there's like helpful like judges or mentors around to kind of like you're just going rogue and like wondering if anybody's gonna like what you're cooking like there's (laughs) and you can't really like see what any you can't see what anyone else is doing so like showing side by side what each individual competitor was doing when put in that situation when they're cooking alone with no one else watching and for them not being able to see anyone else and the ones that are pros definitely behave in a very very different way than we did that's for sure yeah it's uh yeah absolute bonkers to like probably go back and and really see all the film before it was edited to see how especially you know like josh and leon were doing Mm -hmm. in there and then compared to like you know you or i where i keep it pretty tidy in there but i'm not gonna lie like i was drinking the entire time in my kitchen yeah (laughs) they 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 stocked that with they stocked the kitchen with you know two different types of white wine two different types of red a bottle of brandy bottle of bourbon and like four um for Mexican lockers. And I was drinking the whole time. I, I well, really Yeah, Joff. Maybe that was the secret the whole time. I've, I've been telling people that. Like the first thing when I would do to get in my kitchen, little little uh, bonus tidbits here, I would go grab um, a beer or two because they were just they're warm on the rack and I'd pop them in the fridge or the freezer so they get cold really fast. And then I would usually do a shot of whiskey and pour myself a glass of wine and get to work. And wow. then later on, I would cool off when I would get warm and cool off with a cold beer. Well, I guess that's that's the secret. If you want to know how to succeed on a cooking competition, should you ever find yourself in that situation, just drink heavily, yeah. I guess. Roll, when, roll with a good buzz. Yeah, I mean, maybe that would have helped because I was just sitting there like literally shaking in my boots, <laughs> like wondering and like <laughs> just throwing stuff on the floor, like just having no idea where to put anything or like how to behave just like in such a tizzy. Um, yeah, maybe that's... my friend who watched the show was like (laughs) within a matter of a few seconds alexa goes sheesh and puts a like a pan of eggs on the floor so (laughs) (laughs) this is good television um yeah i would not recommend doing what i did but do what lanky did because that obviously helped and that's right many many responsibly kids yeah, that was like your go-go juice. That's what you needed. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen years being a bartender, I know it works around here. Yeah, you know, you know exactly what to do. I'm surprised you didn't like serve cocktails. If that uh, was an I option, of, I, I thought about it, um, but it didn't call for it. I was like, well, I could just take points away if I don't really need it. So you know, you got to yeah. play the game. You, you got to play, play the game. The game. You got to play the game. Well, this has been so fun, and like I said, I mean, this is the most that I mean. I don't know how long of conversations you've had with other folks from the show since we filmed, but this is the most that I've gotten to know about you. And as someone who just really tried your food and was just around you, be having to not talk about your background, and you know, as part of the show, having that all be a, a secret, I've been so 
interested and intrigued to know like how a home cook got to where you are as far as your like talent and level of ability in the kitchen. And so, yeah, I'm personally thrilled to have these questions answered and I appreciate you sharing all of that with me. And yeah, it's been a pleasure and a thrill as expected, Sir Lanky. Well, thank you so much, Alexa. It's It's been great to chat because, you know, like you said, we filmed this last summer. So mm-hmm. to finally talk about this after a year, goodness gracious, it feels amazing. Oh, my God. Were you like dying keeping this secret? Not really. Um, I, For the most part, I kind of just put it in the back of my mind and not really think about it until right. people would, until people would ask, hey, when's that show come out? And it was always, I, I don't know. I don't know. And for the most part, I didn't, we didn't know. know. Yeah. yeah, we had no clue when it was going to come out. And then finally, you know, people asking, you know, hey, so the show's coming out. We saw the trailer. Are you excited? And I was like, I'm more nervous than excited because I don't, I don't know how the show's going to look. I don't know how they're right. going to edit it. Uh, I think it looks so awesome. I it mean, does, biased. We're really on the cool. show, but it's so much fun it's to watch. Cool. Like, I love it. I really do. I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of it because it, it was a lot of fun and cool. Absolutely, yeah, and you know. Clearly, you made the right call going on it. And my favorite part was getting to know all of you guys. So it wasn't all a wash for me, but. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I had a good time. And it, yeah, definitely. It's kind of a life changing experience. Whether you, no matter what happens, you know, you get to experience something completely new and different. And for those of us like you and I who grew up as like 90s and 2000s food network obsessed children, it's kind of a fun full circle moment to be part of something like that. So it really is like, yeah, my face has been glued to a TV my entire life. So now I'm like watching myself on and it's just mind blowing. It's crazy. Who who let that dork up there? Good question. I was wondering the same thing. How'd they let you in there? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, did we test this guy? Are we good? (laughs) No, but yeah, no, definitely very, very cool. And for full circle. And thank you so much for telling me all about your side of things. I have been so curious to know all of this and I'm sure anybody else who watches the show or knows you would be happy to hear this stuff as well. So thanks so much for being here, my friend. Thank you, my friend. That was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is the Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.